Welcome to the City Alliance Church Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our messages. Our prayer is that you would listen, learn, and be inspired to love God, love others, and serve the world. Subscribe and share these messages to bless others. Here's this week's message. God's word today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, 5 through 18. And Jesus said, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for this day, this day that is yours. We thank you for your presence here in this place and how you bless us not only with you, but with each other and with song and with your word. God, I thank you for Pastor Nithin, and I pray a special blessing upon the words that he is about to speak to all of us, God. Would we keep that posture of open hands to receive your words of truth, God, and may we continue to say yes to you and move forward in risk, trusting, God, that you will do abundantly more than we could ever ask or ever imagine, because that is who you are, God. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I forget, will you just join me welcoming those who are watching on Facebook right now? What's up, Facebook? How y'all doing? Uh, greeting brothers and sisters both in person and online. I'm so excited to be with you guys as we're kicking off in the new year a brand new series called Uphill Habits. And 
really kind of the idea is, uh, actually before I jump in here, I want to just give a shout out to a church down in Alabama called Church of the Highlands, who was gracious and generous enough to let us use their opening video and their graphics for this series. So it kind of helps us bring the Bible to life with use these different visuals to engage with people. But you know, one of the things, whenever I go into the new year and I talk with people, I think a lot of us have what I call uphill hopes. You guys know what I'm talking about? Uphill hopes. We have ideas, ideals of what we want this new year to be. And maybe you looked at this past year, 2021, you were like, this year was a dumpster fire, okay? And then some of you were like, dude, 2020 was a dumpster fire. It's, it's like dumpster fire on top of dumpster fire is kind of how we look at the past two years. And so as we're looking into 2022, maybe we have some new hopes and aspirations that are kind of rising to the surface, like those, what I call those uphill hopes. And a lot of times around this time, we get a little bit more reflective. We're like, what could I have done differently in this past year that would have made this year different? Uh, what are some different choices I could have made? What could I have done better or worse? And usually this is the time of year that many of us make resolutions. Now, honest question, show of hands, how many of you ha make New Year's resolutions or goals or you have some ideas of what you want to do? Okay, we got a couple of folks. Awesome. How many of you break them within like the second week? Okay, cool. Appreciate the honesty. All y'all, that's why my gym is like filled with people for about two weeks, and they're all gone. But that's the hard part about the new year, right? We have these ideals. Like, okay, I want to eat better this year. Uh, I'm going to be focused on my health this year. I'm going to focus on my finances. I'm going to get my budget in order. I'm, I'm going to make sure that my relationships are in good standing, things like that. Or we have spiritual resolutions. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to pray more, whatever it may be. But one of the things that we find is when we set up these resolutions, why so many of them fail is even though we have uphill hopes, we actually have downhill habits. You see, if we want to get to where we want to go, if we want to grow in the direction we want to be, we actually need better habits. Because the reality is, if you build better habits, those habits will build you. But that's the challenge. How do we put those habits in so that they're going to help us grow? In fact, which habits are the best ones that we should focus in on? When you're thinking about your habits for the new year, there's things that you can do. But there's also some things that you should not do when you're trying to figure out your habits. In fact, I was on TikTok the other day, and I found this interesting video about how not to make habits for the new year. Check this out. Okay, you ready for this? Should I start going to gym? Oh, thank, thank goodness, thank goodness. Should we buy a PlayStation? No, 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 good. <laughs> Next one. Should Usher shave his beard? You can't. This is not allowed. Okay. If you shave your beard, just leave the house. I don't want to see you. Should Malala celebrate no shopping January? <gasps> no. No, that was close. That was close. Any no shopping January fans uh, for the month? Okay, a couple of you. <laughs> that is, uh, you know, it's fun to throw pens into a shot glass. Maybe don't figure out what your habits are going to be for the new year. In fact, what's interesting, social psychologists say that there are certain kinds of habits that if you build them now will actually have uh, an impact in all areas of your life. It's what Charles Duhigg calls keystone habits. Maybe you've read Charles Duhigg book, Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit. But what he says is that there are keystone habits where if you set these habits up, they actually have a cascading effect in other areas of your life. An example is, say you make it your habit this year that you're going to start working out. You're going to get to the gym five days a week or three days a week, whatever it is. Well, when you start feeling better and you get more energy, you actually start to sleep better. When you start to sleep better, you start to become more aware of the choices you make. And so you're like, all right, I'm going to eat better this year. 
all that came from one habit. That one habit led to a chain reaction of other habits. That's the idea of a keystone habit. Now, there's also what I call spiritual keystone habits. There are spiritual habits that if you put them in place, actually have a cascading effect on your life as well. Uh, These can be in areas not just spiritually, but relationally, socially, mentally, even physically. Things like, you know, habits like Bible reading or corporate worship, serving, even managing your priorities in in a way that's uh, healthy. And they have this way of kind of, again, impacting all areas of your life. Now today I want to talk about a habit that I think is a spiritual keystone habit, but it's not a fun keystone habit. It's not one of the sexy keystone habits. But I really think if we can buy into this habit, if we can start implementing this into our lives, we will see some spiritual fruit from it moving into the future. And that is the keystone habit of fasting. Say fasting, church. Fasting. And maybe some of you have heard of fasting. How many of you guys have heard of like intermittent fasting? Like that's kind of like big in some like workout diet circles. Well, biblical fasting is a little bit different in, in the sense that here's the definition I use. It's this. Fasting is a spiritual discipline where we abstain from physical food for a what? Let's all say this together. Spiritual purpose. So there's always a spiritual purpose when we are saying no to food. Now, for most Americans, the idea that I have to say no to food can be kind of overwhelming. I mean, think about it. We love our food. I mean, can you imagine going a day without these? Mmm, potato chips, or oh, how about cupcakes? Man, I love these cupcakes. And, and the idea of saying, hey, I have to actually go without anything, is kind of like, I can't do that. Like, I need my, my potato chips. Because, see, in, in America, we don't eat to live. We live to eat, don't we? We live for our chips. We live for our soda. We live for our Nutrail, don't we? All of those things that we think we need to kind of get through life. But here's the thing. I'm not knocking any of that. In fact, you know, I love snacking and I love eating and I probably eat way too much. But here's the, the reality. If I just kind of keep living this life where I just live on caffeine, I'm drinking my alabaster, my six cups in the morning, then I'm having some chips in between and some cookies, and I have a lunch of a, of a cheeseburger or something like that, then I'm drinking my two-liter daily bottle of soda or whatever, and my, 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 my Sour Patch Kids, eventually I'm going to really be a mess at the end of the day. My energy is going to be lagging, I'm going to be irritable, I'm going to be grumpy, and I really don't have much left. And guys, the truth is, I am not a nutritionist. But here's what I want to say to you as your pastor, okay? This afternoon, I want you to go to your house, and I want you to go right in front of your refrigerator. I want you to open it up, and I want you to look at all the leftovers from Christmas, all those leftovers from New Year's, all that stuff, and I want you to go buck wild. I want you to start eating all that stuff and consuming it and getting all your potato chips in and get all that stuff in, because here's what's going to happen. Next week, I want to invite you to join our church in a 21-day church-wide fast. So for 21 days, it's going to be from January 10th, we're going to start this, and we're going to end January 30th in church. So you got to be in church on January 30th, otherwise you'll have to keep fasting. That'll be tough. Like, you know, we, we, we don't want you to hear, but it's going to be basically three weeks of clean eating, and for 21 days we're going to be cutting the carbs, we're saying goodbye to the potato chips, goodbye to the cookies and the cupcakes and all that stuff, and we're going to be doing a fast called the Daniel Fast. Have you guys have heard of the Daniel Fast? Maybe you've done it before. Well, some of you have, yeah. The Daniel Fast is from the Old Testament, and really what it's about is you're avoiding eating meat, sweets, and breads, you're avoiding alcohol and soda, and instead you're eating clean, mainly fruits and vegetables and water, and the result is that once maybe you were living on this stuff and you were tired and sluggish, but all of a sudden you have a new vitality. The, the mental fog starts to leave and you have a clarity and focus in your thinking. But more than anything else, more than that, you have a new spiritual 
vitality. There's a, there's a greater sense of God's presence. There's a greater calm and a peace that you have from that. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now. You're, like, you're, you're thinking this. Nathan, like, I thought I was coming to church, not to a health club. Like, if I wanted health advice, I'd find Ben Wise or go to Zor Fitness. I might go to the wellness aisle at Wegmans. Like, you know, this isn't really something, you know, if I wanted dieting advice. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want us to make sure we understand this. Fasting is not Christian dieting. Okay? Here's our definition of fasting. It is a spiritual discipline where we abstain from physical food for a spiritual purpose. And this is the goal here. This is the thing that sets it apart for a spiritual purpose. That purpose? To draw closer to Jesus. To become more aware of his presence. But here's the thing, too. Like, it's a keystone habit, so it's going to have other implications. So if you've been living on potato chips and cupcakes for, you know, this entire month of December, right, and you start to say no to this and you start to eat clean, you're going to feel better physically. You might even lose a little bit of weight, right? Right? Just in time for swimsuit season. Praise God. But more than that, my prayer is that you draw closer to Jesus. So I want to give you four reasons why you should join us on this church-wide fast. And it doesn't matter if this is your first time here, or if you're a regular, uh, uh, if you're a regular partner, or maybe you're just a visitor. I want to encourage you to join us in this. So if you're taking notes, here's the first reason why I think you should consider. The first is this. Whenever you fast, you imitate Jesus. Now we all believe, if you're a follower of Christ, that Jesus is Lord. Amen? We believe that he's our Savior, but he's also our example. We actually look to Jesus to not only, uh, you know, for, his, for what he's done for us on the cross, but actually to follow his example. At the very beginning of his public ministry, Jesus actually fasts. Look what it says in Matthew 4. It says this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was what, church? He was hungry. I mean, obviously, right? You're fasting for 40 days. It's a month and a week. And he's hungry, and it says that the devil kind of sneaks up to Jesus. And he says, Jesus, would you take these, bre- these rocks and turn them into a pepperoni pizza? And Jesus, of course, he resists that. But you ever wonder, why did Jesus give up this stuff? Why did he say no to this and go and fast in the desert? Well, notice something when you read the scriptures. Before Jesus ever preached a sermon, before he did a miracle, before he healed anybody, he went to the desert to fast, to pray for 40 days. In that time, he drew closer to the Father. He received the strength and the power he needed to fulfill his mission here on earth. So I got to ask us, if Jesus Christ, the Son of God, needed to go and fast to receive from God, how much more do we have to do the same thing? Jesus set aside 40 days so that he could draw close to God for that power. And if he needed to, so do we. Remember, fasting is a spiritual discipline where we're following God's lead. You know, there's times where God will lead us to the mountaintop and we enjoy sweet victory. But there's times where he leads us into the desert for a time of self-denial. You know, in Galatians, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, where Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. So what we do is when we, when we trust in Jesus and, and, we, and we go into fasting to follow his example, we're actually practicing self-control. We're going to say no to the comfort foods that we so have relied on. And we're saying, I'm going to crucify my desires for this stuff so that I can be more open to what God has. You see, that time of fasting in the desert was where Jesus was able to draw the strength and the power he needed so that one day he would be crucified to die for our sins on the cross. God was preparing him in the desert in that time. And in the same way, if we want to be prepared for what God is going to do next in our life for the next season he's taking us into, we need to draw that power from him, not from our own insights or our own knowledge or our own cleverness. 
So whenever a Christian fasts or restricts their diet, one of the ways they do that is because they want to imitate Jesus. We want to do what Jesus did in, in our lives. But also, the second reason is when you fast, you also sensitize your spirit. The Bible says that there's a battle going on inside of us. The battle between the flesh and the spirit. The flesh is the party that says, you know what, I'm just going to get some, some chips and some soda and I'm going to binge Cobra Kai on Netflix all weekend. That's what I'm going to do. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Th that's what the flesh says. The flesh is the part of us that, that basically says, you know what, it's been a rough day. I I'm just going to have another beer. You know, it's my third one. It's okay. You know what, the beer's not enough. I, I, need, I, need, a, I need a white claw. That that'll, okay, maybe two white claws, Okay. I just need to get through the day. It's okay. The flesh is the one that's telling us we should grab an extra one because we deserve it, right? Things are hard. The flesh is the part of us that says, you know, why don't you take another glance at that hot guy or that hot girl that's not your spouse that makes you linger a little bit longer on that Instagram picture. See, the flesh isn't just our physical flesh and blood. It's the ego inside of us that says we need to fill ourselves with just all of the stuff in the world. But the problem is the more we fill ourselves up with this stuff, the things of the world, the less satisfied we are. The, the less we feel just more numb and, and, and disconnected from God and from other people. But when you fast, what you're saying is, I'm not led by this stuff. I'm not led by the flesh. I'm led by the Spirit. I love what, how Paul puts it in the book of Galatians. Paul, he says this. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the what? The flesh. So what Paul is saying is this. Guys, when you, when you fast, you're saying, you know what? I am not going to let the things of the flesh decide whether or not I'm going to follow God or not. I'm going to resist the cravings of the flesh, of the sinful nature, because I want to follow hard after God. You know, the center of our faith is the cross, right? And it's the cross where, where Jesus died for, on the cross for us. So the same way. We're called to crucify our flesh, crucify the sinful nature that's a part of us. But you got to know, when you start to do that, when you start to take a stand against the cravings, when you start to say no to the chips and no to the cupcakes, when you start to say, I'm going to live for Jesus, there is going to be resistance. There will be conflict. If you don't believe me, try and going a morning without your cup of coffee. What comes out? You're like, I got to do a deliverance right now. There's a demon coming out of me when I don't have my caffeine in the morning. Or how about this, you, 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 go, you and your um, co-workers go out to like a Buffalo Wild Wings, right? Everyone's getting the wings, but you're like, you know, I'm just going to get the salad. And your flesh starts to grumble a little, like, oh, I don't like this. Or how about this, uh, you go out and for dessert and everyone's tearing into the Haganahs and the Ben and Jerry's. And your flesh is like, no, no, I'm, oh, I'm dying, I'm dying. But here's what happens. When you're able to say no to the flesh and its cravings, your spirit starts to come alive. You actually start to get spiritually awoken, and you become more aware of the presence of God. You have, you have more of his power to draw from to resist sin and to draw closer to him because your soul has been sensitized. And you actually start to live out the verse, I think this is what Jesus is getting at, where he says this, blessed are those, go to the next slide here, guys, who hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. You actually start to desire the things of God rather than that cheeseburger, rather than those cupcakes. Because that starts to grow inside of you. And, and here's the truth, guys. So often, when we go to food, isn't it to self-medicate? We have a hard day. Things are difficult. So, man, Lay's is with me. I'm good for that. Or, you know, the Sour Patch Kids, they, they've got my back when it seems like no one else does. We, we start to medicate with our food rather than going to God 
for prayer, for hope, for true peace. But what happens is when you say yes to the Spirit, you starve the flesh, and you grow more sensitive to the Spirit of God. So by fasting, you say no to the flesh, and you sensitize your spirit. You become more aware of what God is doing. You become more connected with Him. And the third reason is that when you fast, you also prioritize prayer. Think of fasting this way. You know, fasting without prayer is just a diet, right? Because all you're doing is restricting calories. And you may lose a few pounds, but that's not the point of it. But when you fast, prayer is essential if you want to experience breakthrough in your life. And I came across this fascinating scripture found in Mark chapter 9, where Jesus is healing this boy who's mentally and emotionally disturbed. He's demon-possessed, the Bible says. And the disciples, they're praying for this kid. They're praying and praying and praying. Nothing is happening. There is no shift. There is no life change at all. But then Jesus goes and prays for him, and this kid just is, is, able, to find, is, be set, is able to be set free. He's able to find freedom. Why was that? Well, Jesus explains it this way. He says this. Jesus replied, this kind can come out only by what? Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. See, prayer and fasting, they're, they're like the twin barrels of a shotgun. When we pray, we can also fast. When we pray, what fasting does, it makes us more aware and say, God, I can't solve this on my own. I need your spirit. I need your power in order to find victory. So when you're in a situation where someone you love is desperately sick and they need God, that's where we can pray and we fast. If there's an addiction in your life, maybe it's a food addiction, maybe it's uh, nicotine or it's pornography, whatever it is, don't just pray, but pray and fast where you can see breakthrough of those strongholds. If you're desperate for your marriage to be saved, or maybe your children need help, prayer and fasting together. Listen, prayer is powerful. We need to continually to pray. But when you couple prayer with fasting, it has the ability to break through spiritual strongholds. So over the next 21 days... I think we're going to be praying over lots of different things. For some people, it's going to be health issues. For some people, it's prayer for infertility. It's going to be prayer for uh, healing, the salvation of a loved one, facing, you know, you know maybe it's um, provision for a job, whatever it may be. We can all think of a situation where we are like, I-, I have done everything I can in this situation. I've said everything I could. I can't do anything else or say anything else. That's where the only thing left is to pray and to fast. What that basically is saying is, God, God, I can't do this on my own. I have to look to you. That's why Jesus said, only by prayer and fasting can this one come out. Fasting shows that, God, I can't do this anymore on my own. I need your power. So that's why during this fast, as a way to kind of help us in the midst of this, uh, so that we're not just kind of restricting calories, but actually praying, is we're going to make available a 21-day devotional on our website. If you go to citylines.org slash fast, we have all sorts of resources there on, on, on the fast. But what's great about this devotional is actually through Uversion. How many of you guys have ever heard of Uversion or you've used the Uversion app? You can actually just download this on Uversion, and that's what's great about it. You can download it, and then every day for 21 days, it gives you um, the strength that you need and the prayer, and it helps you kind of pray and, and keep the things focused on the spirit, not just on the flesh. But I want you to think about this, because we're inviting this as a whole church-wide experience. Imagine you're coming to God with your spiritual purpose, the purpose of your fast, and you're praying with over 200 other people in our community for spiritual breakthrough. Can you imagine what God is going to do with that? Imagine what God wants to do when we're all seeking his face together. So why should a Christian fast? Three reasons so far. To imitate Jesus, because Jesus fasted, so we too should follow in the same suit. 
to sensitize your spirit so we can become more aware of God's presence in our lives. And the third is to prioritize prayer, which leads us to the fourth and final reason, which is this, to break through the blessing. Break through the blessing. Now, when I say blessing here, I'm not just talking about like a, a monetary blessing, but actually I think God wants to bless you, whether it's spiritually, relationally, and when we actually put him first, he actually meets us in those ways. But there's actually a story in the Bible of a spiritual breakthrough that comes about because God's people chose to fast. It's actually in 2 Chronicles 20. It's the story of King Jehoshaphat, or as I like to call him, Fatty, because Jehoshaphat's kind of long. But the Bible says the enemies of God's people, these are like the Moabites, the Ammonites, and all these other violent tribes, they're, they're gathering together to make war against God's people, and God's people are outnumbered and they're outgunned. And, and so Fatty's like, I, I, I got to gather the people together. So this is what he, what he did. It says this. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. So Jehoshaphat basically says, we need to call a nationwide fast. Because guys, we don't have what it takes to beat these guys. We, are, we, we don't have enough people, we don't have enough weapons, we don't have enough power. And I love Fatty's prayer. Here's what he says in verse 12. He says this. He says, Our God, we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do. And let's all say this last part together. Ready? But our eyes are on you. See, that's the focus of their fast. God, we're in trouble. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. What fasting does is, is it gets us off of the problem right before us and gets our eyes back on God. It's our way of saying, God, will you take this problem because I can't think my way out of it, work my way out of it, but only you, you've got to come through. And that's where God's people had finally gotten. I, I wish I could go through that whole story with you guys, but real quick, here's what happened. God shows up to, to Fatty and says, hey, guess what? I'm going to come through. I'm going to save you, and you won't have to lift a finger. And that very night, all these enemy armies that are encamped around Israel, they start fighting each other. And the next day, Fatty looks down, and the entire armies are gone. And instead, it's just plunder. So he goes down, he starts picking him, and then all the people start getting up all the plunder and all the treasure. And this valley that was once called the Valley of Battle, he changes the name to the Valley of Blessing. Their place of battle had become the place of blessing. Guys, your spiritual battles today are spiritual blessings for you tomorrow. That's what God wants you to know. The battle that you're fighting today is preparing you, is setting you up for the blessing that you'll receive as you go through the trials before you. But one of the things that set this off was because God's people came together, they fasted, and they prayed. So can I ask you a question? Here's the question. What where do you need a breakthrough? Where do you need a breakthrough? Is it in your marriage? Is it in a relationship? Is there someone in your life who's not a believer, and you've tried arguing with them, talking with them, and now all you can do is fast and pray for them? Is it for your kids? Is it your career? Maybe it's even in your business. See, what would happen if all of God's people, if all of us got together for the next 21 days, and we said, God, we're going to take our eyes off our problems. We're going to take our eyes off our issues. We're going to take our eyes off all that stuff and put our eyes on you through fasting and prayer. What do you think God's going to do? You know, I, I'll be honest. This is my least favorite habit of all the spiritual habits. 
I love food, man. I, I love my chips and I love my, love my cupcakes, right? I mean, we just got these back. Remember when they went out of, out of stock? And the truth is, like, if you follow my YouTube, like, I just have lots and lots of videos of, like, Gordon Ramsay, like, you know, cutting beef wellingtons. Like, that literally is, like, like, I have issues. But, like, I know that we're going to fast and pray for you. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, a couple years ago, we were challenged in our family to do this. And so we fasted and we prayed over our finances. We wanted to see a spiritual breakthrough in our finances. Uh, one year, it was over our marriage. You know, our marriage wasn't in trouble, but... We just wanted, we felt like we needed to pray for our marriage. So we did that. And one year it was, all right, God, what's our next step? Do you want us to stay in New Jersey or relocate or all that? And so, you know, every time we did this, every time we made space, that's how I like to think about it. We were making space to hear from God. He met us. One year we experienced a financial breakthrough, which was awesome. Uh, one year we experienced a breakthrough in our marriage, which was, which was incredible. And and, you know, this past year, we experienced a breakthrough in the fact that we are now in Williamsport, which wasn't where we expected. But God was good. And he met us every time we open ourselves up to him. Guys, more than anything else, I want you to experience the breakthrough that he has for you. So let me ask you this. Where do you need a breakthrough? Be honest. What might God want to bless in your life? And you know what? There's times where I've asked for a breakthrough, and it didn't happen on my timetable or the way I wanted it to. But I look back and see how God was faithful in the midst of it. So what's our next steps? So I want to invite our ushers right now, if they could go ahead and pass out these cards. On the one side, you're going to see these in a moment. It says 21 days of prayer and fasting. And what on, on the back of it is, it's got your name, your email, and the purpose of your fast. I'd love it if you could fill this out. If you know what it is today, that's awesome. If you want to take a week just to pray, and kind of talk with your family about what it is you want to pray and fast for this week. Feel free to do that as well. But we'd love it if you could go ahead and fill this out, drop it in the blue boxes again, either this week or next weekend, because I want to pray for you guys as you're moving in this direction, as you're taking this step together. And then the second step is to choose your fast. To choose your fast. See, the fast that we're inviting everyone to do is the Daniel fast. Um, basically, it's, 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 like, it's like, you know, you're giving up meat, caffeine, sugar, processed foods, things like that. You can go to our website, cityalliance.org slash fast for more details on that. But I know that for some of you, you may not be able to do a full Daniel fast. Maybe it's more of a modified fast. Maybe you're like, Nathan, I need a little bit more protein in my diet. I can't, I can't just get rid of all the meat. For some of you are like, Nathan, I have small children. I need to feed them, and I get that. That's fine. So feel free to modify. Again, I'm not legalistic about this. It's more like, what is it that Jesus is calling you to sacrifice so that you can make more space for him? I have one friend of mine who, when she was in high school, she had an eating disorder. So she's like, Nathan, I don't, I don't mess with the, my food, <laughs> but I, I'm going to give up social media. I'm going to give up Netflix. I'm going to give up Hulu. And if there's something else that God's asking you to give up, do that. If, if, if food is something that's going to be an obstacle, because what you don't want is your entire fast to be focused on your food and not on prayer and not on seeking God. So we do what, what you need to do so that you can, again, make space so that you can hear from God. And finally, uh, download our 21-day devotional. Fasting without prayer is just a diet. We want more for you than just a diet. We want you to experience spiritual breakthrough. And if I can just say, I'm excited about what God's going to do. There's something that happens when a church says, hey, we're going to fast together. We're going to take the next 21 days to get our eyes off of our stuff and our flesh and our world and get our eyes on Jesus and eyes on him and experience his transformation. 
experience the breakthrough that he wants to bring us. Something powerful that happens there. You know, I'm still blown away by just your generosity with our Christmas offering. That's how many of you were able to say, hey, I want to risk and I want to give so others can be blessed. And now I'm asking you to take a spiritual risk, to take a spiritual leap so that you can experience a breakthrough, so that you can experience God in, in a way that maybe you've never experienced him before. Let me pray for us, and then we'll continue to worship. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak to us right now as we're praying, considering what is it you want us to give up. And we're not just giving something up because we want to be in pain. We want to give something up so that we can actually make space for you. We want to be open to you. We want to be sensitive to your spirit. We want to grow in our ability to love and our ability to have mercy. Lord, um, I love that I heard one pastor say that faith is spelled, spelled R-I-S-K. So, Father, as we take this spiritual risk together as a church, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what you're going to bless us with so that we can be a blessing to this community with. But, God, we come before you, open hands, no agenda, to fully receive what you have for us. So, God, would you speak to us as we go into worship, as we go into communion, as we are um, looking to see and to know you more. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that today's message encouraged and inspired you. If you live in the Williamsport region of PA, we'd love to engage you in person. You can find more information on service times, city groups, and our incredible kids and youth ministry at citylions.org. That's citylions.org.